Only a fool would go there at night. Amidst the rolling hills and misty moors, a young woman makes her way to the grand and imposing estate of Zari Yahalam. With a determined step, she approaches the gates, a sense of awe and anticipation building within her. For she has heard whispers of the mysterious stories and legends that lurk within these walls, and she longs to experience them for herself. As she draws near, the air is filled with the sounds of a distant pipe organ, a haunting melody that echoes through the halls of the estate, and she knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that she has found what she has been searching for. The answers to the secrets of the sea captain, a real man who once lived and loved. And so, with a deep breath, she crosses the threshold, eager to discover the truth of his tale, and the love that still lingers within the halls of Zariya Hollow. And what do you want here at this time of night? I've already dealt with two burglars today and I'm not in the mood for any more nonsense. I'm sorry, sir. My grandmother told me that there's a great love story to be heard at Zaria Hollow. She said it's particularly beautiful on Valentine's Day. I know it's late, but couldn't resist coming to hear it. Love story? Ha! I don't know what your grandmother's been filling your head with, but I can assure you there's nothing romantic about this place. It's a house of horrors, not a love nest. I understand, sir, but I've always been fascinated by ghost stories. And I thought that maybe you could tell me the one about the telescope upstairs that belonged to the sea captain. The telescope, you say? Well, I suppose that particular object does have a story. Or two to tell. But I warn you, it's not merely a love story. It's a tale of love and loss, of longing and regret. Are you sure you're ready for that? Yes, sir, I am. I've always loved stories about ghosts and meetings and witches. And I'm sure that this one will be just as beautiful as my grandmother promised. Well, I suppose there's no harm in telling you the story. Follow me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
I will show you the telescope and play you Captain Graves' music box. But be warned, it is a story of love but also of tragedy and loss. The tale of Captain Daniel Gregg and his love, Lucy Mew. Twenty years ago, in London, a young and handsome widow, Lucy Muir, left the home of the mother and sister of her late departed husband and boarded a train. With her went her small daughter, Anna, and a servant named Martha.
No better home in Whitecliffe than Burnham Mount. It's newly built, it's near the village. I and can't understand why you won't show me Gull Cottage. The description in your father's most intriguing. Oh, believe me, madam, Gull Cottage wouldn't suit you at all. I suppose there's something wrong with it. Is it the drains? Well, I put up a house for rent, Mrs. Muir. You may be sure there's nothing wrong with the drains. Then why shouldn't it suit me? Oh, would you kindly allow me to be the judge of that? Now about Burnamount... If I'm going to live in a house, I should be the judge. Mr. Coons, I'm sure there's another agency in Wycliffe. Perhaps they have Gold Cottage listed also. Very well, Mrs. Muir. Come, I'll show you Gold Cottage. Why should a house like this remain empty? It's been without a tenant for four years. Of course. 
course. It's terribly dusty. This is your... <gasps> Who's that in there? There's a portrait, a portrait on the wall. Oh, that, yes, the uh, former owner, Captain Greg. The room is so dark. For a moment, I thought it was someone real. Well, a sea captain. That explains the scheme of decoration, doesn't it? Which is all in frightful taste. Oh, it's a delightful room. Mrs. Muir, I assure you, this house will not suit you at all. Nevertheless, I shall go upstairs. But there are only three rooms upstairs. They're all bedrooms. The main bedroom, which is quite ugly daft, is full of... Oh, well, see it for yourself, then. He liked to watch the passing ships. As I shall, too. Mr. Combs, I suppose you're the reason for this life. <laughs> <laughs> You but oh no, oh no, 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 you had to see it. Haunted? How perfectly fascinating. I've rented it eight times. The tenants have left after the very first night. What a pity. Mr. Cole, that laughter, that was Captain Gray? It was indeed. But why does he haunt? Was he murdered? He committed suicide. I wonder why. To save some of the trouble of assassinating him, no doubt. You'll probably think it very silly of me, Mr. Coombe, but I've decided to take Gull Cottage. You what? It's so ridiculous, ghost apparitions. Madam, with your own ears, but you heard him yourself. The wind in the chimney. Mr. Coombe, please arrange for us to move in tomorrow. Very well, Mrs. Muir. On the understanding that I disclaim all responsibility of what may happen, you shall have Go Cottage. Has sleepy time, Anna, darling. No more stories tonight. Now off to sleep with you. I love it here, Mama. Our own house and our own ocean. Even the rain sounds different than it did in London. That's because we're so close to the sea, darling. Not afraid of the storm, are you? Why should I be afraid? Of course you aren't. We are snug and warm in our own little harbor. Good night, Mama. 
Good night, darling. What's up then, Ishima? She'll be asleep in Me too, Mum. I got hot water bottles downstairs, Mum, on the kitchen table, and the kettle's on the stove. Thank you, Martha. Mum, it's storming up there like mad. Ain't it? I don't mind seeing it. It's a bit scary, like a strange house and all. Not a soul in a mind of a Go to sleep, silly. I'll be up in a minute. That's strange. Why should Martha turn out the kitchen light? You've got a candle. I did. Now, now I'm hearing voices like Mr. Cool's. What's the matter with these matches? It's not the matches. Captain Gregg, I know you're here. Are you afraid to speak up? Is that all you're good for? To frighten women? Well, I'm not afraid of you. Light the candle. Light it. Well, how can I when you keep blowing out the matches? Light the plastic candle! Well... You are Captain Craig. Who the devil else would I be? I'm sorry I called you a coward. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I mean, because of the way you died. What? The way I died, madam? Committing suicide? Who the devil says I committed suicide? Mr. Coons? Coons is a fool! I went to sleep in front of that confounded gas heater in my bedroom. I'm a restless sleeper. I kicked the gas off of my foot. It was a stormy night, like this. So I shut my windows as any sensible man would. Well, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes, I suppose so. Well, the coroner's jury said it was suicide because my blasted charwoman testified and I was suffering my windows open. How the devil should she know how I slept? Oh, I'm so glad. You have a strange sense of humor, madam. I mean, because you didn't commit suicide. But if you didn't, why do you haunt? Because I have plans for my house, which do not include a pack of strangers making themselves at home. I think it's very childish of you, frightening people. Well, in your case, I admit I charted the course with regret. You're not a bad-looking woman, you know, especially when you're asleep. So you were in my room this afternoon while I was napping? My room, madame. And I thought I dreamt it all. But I knew I closed the window, and when I awoke, I found it open. I opened the window because I didn't want another incident with a blast of gas. I'm quite capable of taking care of myself. Good. Then you will pack your gear and show up tomorrow. Preferably the first thing in the morning. I will not go. The house suits me perfectly. It's my house, madame. And I intend to turn it into a tome for retired seamen. Then you should have said so in your will. I did not leave a will. Why? Because I didn't expect to kick the glass of gas off my glass of book. I won't be shouted at. For one year, I've been shouted at and ordered about. I'm sick of it. You hear? Blast, blast, blast! <laughs> or laughed at either. I won't leave this house. Lay that. Stop that blasting, blubbering matter. I love this house. I can't explain it. It was as if the house itself were welcoming me, asking me to rescue it from being so empty. You can't understand that, can you? 
All right, then. I'm a silly woman, but that's the way I feel. You love the house. Well, I'll admit that's a point. And you did not frighten like the others, that's a point, too. All right. You may stay here, madam. On trial. Oh, thank you, Captain. Keep your distance, madam. I'm sorry you made No me intention sorry. of making you happy. I merely did what's best for the house. Then you go away and leave us alone. I will not go away. Why should I? Because of my child. I don't want her to be frightened into fits. I never frighten children into fits. But think of the bad language she would. Confounded, madam. My language is most controlled. Anna is much too young to see ghosts. Oh, very well. I'll make a bargain with you. Leave my bedroom as it is, and I promise not to go in any other room in the house. That way your brat and your servant need not know anything about me. But if you keep the best bedroom, where should I sleep? In the best bedroom. Oh, for heaven's sake, madam! I am a spirit. I have no body. I haven't had one in four years. Is that clear? But I can see. No, no, all you see is an illusion, like a blasted lantern slide. It's not very convincing, but I suppose it's all right. I always was a fool for a helpless woman. I am not helpless. Well, if you're so confounded confident, you'll notice your kettle's about to boil over. Oh, so it is. Thank you. One more thing. There is a portrait of me in the living room. I want it moved to the bedroom. Must I? It's a very poor painting. It's my painting. I did not invite your criticism. Well, I only meant it doesn't do you justice. All right, all right. Tend your hot water bottle. Good night, Captain Gray. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Gentlemen, Captain Gregg, or I'll go straight downstairs. Who the devil said he could chop down my tree out there? You ordered it chopped down. Blast it all, madam. I planted that tree with my own two hands. Think how much prettier your garden would look with the rose bed. I detest roses. I hope your whole blasted bed dies of blight. Captain Gregg, if you insist on haunting me, you might as well at least be more agreeable about it. 
Why should I be agreeable? Well, as long as we are living together, I mean, if we had to be thrown together so much, life is too short to be forever barking at each other. <laughs> Your life may be short, madame, but I have an unlimited time at my disposal. Then say something pleasant for a change. Well, that's a pretty dress you have on. Thank you. Much better than smothering yourself in all that black crepe. I happen to have been wearing mourning for my husband. Whom you didn't love. How dare you say that? Because it's true. You're jealous because no one put on any mourning for you. That shows how little you know about it. Some poor misguided female, no doubt. Fine, poor misguided female to be exact. I should think you'd be ashamed instead of boasting about it. Why? They misguided themselves. I never raised a finger to help them. That's not what I've heard about sailors. Seamen, blast it all, madam. Sailor. Sailor's a landlubber's word. Now, why did you marry him? Edwin? I don't really know. He seemed so romantic. But it was different afterwards. Did he beat you? Oh, no. Poor Edwin never really did anything. He was an architect, but not a very good one, I'm afraid. He couldn't have designed a house like this. Who did design it? I did, of course. It reminds me of something, an old song or a poem. Magic casements opening on the foam of perilous seas and fairy lands forlorn. Strange to find a sea captain quoting Keats. Life can be slow at sea. Plenty of time for reading in the long watches. How wonderful it must be reading lyric poetry up in the crow's nest with a sheet billowing in the wind. Sails, blasted on, madam. A sheet's the line a rope. Ropes can't billow. Well, I don't know anything about the sea except that it's romantic. That's what all landsmen think. Seamen know better. Then why do they go to sea? Because they haven't got enough sense to stay home. Like those two women at the front door. What two women? Look out the window. Oh, no. Who are they? My blasted in-laws. And Martha is sure to send them up here. Well, what do you want of me? Well, do something. Hide. Go away and, and decompose. Dematerialize, madam. But whatever it is, do it quickly. No fear. They can't hear me unless I choose that they should. Oh, then please don't choose. I'll get rid of them. Why don't you let me? You know I've had considerable experience. No, you're not to do anything. Well, Lucy, talking to yourself? Oh, my poor Lucy. Oh, so pale, so, so fragile. Mother Muir, Eva, how Mother nice of you to call. Mother you're here resting. Oh, how can you rest in such an ugly room. A poor, poor oh, child. Oh, and what a hideous portrait on the wall. With a face like yours, madam, you'd be wise to shut up. Oh, no. Why on earth don't you take it down? Because I like it, Eva. Liar. Well, of course. If you want a portrait of a strange man in your room, well, that's up to Lucy. You. Oh, Lucy, we have such... Bad news. The gold shares. Your entire income. What about the gold shares? They're worthless. The mine is closed down. No more dividends, Lucy. It was all in this morning's newspaper. Eva, 
You're sure of this? Of course. No. Don't make a scene in front of these swabs. I don't intend to make a scene. Of course you don't. You're my brave little girl. Please, make a stop that catwalling or by Judas I will take a hand. You keep out of this. Lucy, how can you talk to me like that? Oh, blast. Eva, did you hear what she said? Yes, mother, I heard. Now stop sniveling. But I didn't mean you. Then just by whom did you mean? You're acting in a most particular fashion, Lucy. Obviously, this dreaded place has sprayed on your mind. <laughs> she thinks you're bats in your belfry. Pipe down. Wait a minute. I want but to But why? With your income gone, you'll have to come home with us. Don't do it, Lucy. Do you want me to stay? Yes. You really mean it? I'm sorry, Mother. It's very kind of you, but I'm going to stay. I'll manage somehow, so please, be good enough to shove off. Shove off? She is insane! I want nothing more to do with her! Well, you don't have to push me, Mother! I'm going! Eva, I'm not pushing you! Stop it, Mother, please! I'm not pushing you! Captain Gray! I'm out on the balcony! Are you? Well, I've had just about all of this I'm going to stand. Stop speaking in riddles. Two days ago, you shoved those poor women out of this house. Squealing like a pair of pigs. That wasn't enough, was it? What do you mean by pushing Mr. Coombs down the stairs just now? I only hope that if I reach the afterlife, I'll have a little more dignity. Dignity? You call it dignified throwing yourself at a herring gutted swab like Coombs? I asked Mr. Coombs here because he's the logical man to help me find lodgers for the summer. Oh, lodgers. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, forgive me, my dear. I thought you wanted to sign Coombs on for a husband. Mr. Coombs? That walrus? It is in my experience that women will do anything for money. And now your blasted experience have ruined everything. Right. I should not allow lodgers in any case. They're worse than passengers at sea. It's them or star. Not at all. I've solved your problem. Madam, you are going to write a book. Don't be ridiculous. It's all I can do to write a postcard. But I can write a book, and you can put it down on paper for me. What sort of book? The unvarnished volume of a seaman's life. The story of my life. Blood and Swash. Yes. Blood and Swash by Captain X. I don't think that's a nice title at all. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be sensational, like the subject. But it takes months to write a book. What are we going to live on in the meantime? You have jewelry, 
vomit. But I couldn't. Oh, damn your eyes, madam. Will you understand? You're trying to claw off a leash, or you can't afford to be squeamish. I do understand, and don't swear at me. All right, then. Be sensible. Now, since we're going to be collaborators, you may call me Dan. That's very good of you. And I will call you Lucia. My name is Lucy. No, it doesn't do you justice, my dear. Women named Lucy are always being imposed upon. But Lucia, there is a name for an Amazon, for a queen. I don't feel much like a queen. I feel frightened and confused. Martha and I could always get along. But it's my baby, it's Anna. Well, don't you trust me? Oh, I do, Daniel, when I'm talking to you. But when you're not here, it's asking a great deal to expect anyone to entrust our whole future to someone who isn't real. But I am real, Lucia. I'm here because you believe I'm here. Keep on believing, and I'll always be real to you. Yes, Dad. Now, get into town and pawn that blasted jewelry, and don't come back without a typewriter. Yes, blood and sweat. Blood and swash by Captain X! Sunday for seven years. I was at sea when she died. What are you thinking? 
how lonely she must have been with her silent, empty house and her clean carpets. Good night, Lucia. Devil with your dawdling, Lucia. I'm so tired, Daniel. A sentence or two and the book is all finished. I can't see or think straight. You don't have to think. Just write this down. To all who follow the hard and honorable profession of the sea, to the afterguard, the masters, Mates and engineers, we are best. To able-bodied and ordinary seamen, to stokers, carpenters, sailmakers, and sea cooks, I dedicate this volume. The end. The end. Well, tomorrow you take it to the publishers. Why did you write the book, Daniel? It wasn't merely to save the house for me. Partly that, and partly to help people understand those poor devils that go to sea for want of a better sense. Well, now about the publishers. You'll go to Tackett and Sproul in Gretzmith Street. Yes, sir. Now, be sure to see Sproul. He once came in forth in a boat race, fancies himself a seafaring man. Daniel. What's to become of us? You and me. Nothing's to become of me. Everything's happened like can happen. Have you forgotten my illusion? Such an earthly illusion. When we were writing the book, I was happy. But now when I try to think of the future, it's so dark and confused. Like the fog out there tonight. You've been working too hard, cooped up in the house for too long. But I love it here. Yes, but you should be out in the world, meeting people, seeing men. I have no desire to see men. You found that you should. You're a very attractive woman. You owe it to yourself. Yes, Daniel. Take the early train, Jim. Tack it and sprout. Gretzky's.
It's impossible, ma'am. You can't see Mr. Sprout without an appointment. But I have a manuscript here. And I'm sure a cookbook, perhaps. Gardening. Another life of Byron. Oh, really, Mrs. Muir? Well, I'll mount you a notice when Mr. Sprout can see you. Probably next month. But surely you're not leaving, Mrs. Muir. I have no appointment. Well, then you shall have mine. But Mr. Fanny! Oh, it's all right, Albert. Just tell old Sprout I can wait. Well, aren't you going to thank me? It's very good of you, but I'm afraid I can't accept. You're a very beautiful creature. I could do no less than insist you take my appointment. Mr. Sproul will see Mr. Fairley. Well, Mrs. Muir, are you going in or shall I carry you? Really? I don't know how you got in here, young woman, but this much I do know. I will not allow you to take up my time, and I will not review your manuscript. Shut up and sit down, you blasted blunders! Oh, dear. Madam, are you a would-be author, or would-be ventriloquist? I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Sprower. I distinctly heard it's such a nice-looking woman, too. Mr. Sprower, please, this book, it isn't what you think it is at all. It's the unvarnished record of a sailor's, I mean, seaman's life. A seaman? What could you possibly know about seamen? Oh, a great deal, believe me. Unvarnished, you say? Shamefully so. Dear me, well, well perhaps I'll glance at it after all. Sit down, young woman, sit down! Take another walk, Mr. Fairley. She's still in there with Mr. Sprout. She must be starving. Oh, I, I fetched him a train some time ago. I'll wait, Albert. I'll wait. Well, Mrs. Muir, this is quite a book. Thank you. Are you not going to pretend that you wrote it? No, 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 no. It's a man's book. Oh, what a man! Captain X! I'd very much like to meet him! Oh, I'm afraid that's impossible. He's away. Oh, a voyage, of course. <laughs> yes, a very long voyage. Bless my soul! What a story! We shall publish it, of course. Mrs. Muir, you just leave everything to me and be happy that you know such a man. There aren't many like him these days, you know. You just be sure you appreciate that. I think I do, Mr. Sprout, and thank you very much. It got so stuffy upstairs, I thought I'd wait for you down here. Mr. Fairley. It's an appointment you had, wasn't it? But it's boring now, and you haven't an umbrella. I'm quite capable of finding a cab. Oh, please, I deserve a minute, don't I? Dear, I certainly don't bargain for this blasted brain. As you said, you could find a cab. Ruin your hat, though, wouldn't it? Now, if you asked me nicely. Please, would you mind? 
You're smiling. I'll be right back. Jealousy is a disease of the flesh. I haven't had any flesh for years. I've never known you to be more disagreeable. And today of all days... Yes! Brown bought the book! Yes. And now I can buy the house just as we planned. I'm not so sure I want you to have the house after all. I wish you'd stop sulking. You said yourself that I should see men. Yes, I said men. Not a perfumed pencil pusher. Anyway, I shall never see him again. Where are you going? I'm disappearing. Always hated trains. Anyway, I'll see you later. painted a picture. How exciting. Whenever you're ready, we'll have tea in the garden. Yes, Mum. I like your little girl, Lucy. She's very wise. For instance, 
How did she ever guess I wanted to be alone with you? You bribed her to go away. Aren't you interested in what I was painting before? You're quite accomplished, aren't you? I should think being Uncle Nelly would satisfy anyone. I also paint under the name of Renoir. You're such a fool, Miles. You know, that's quite the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And what, if anything, do you do as Miles Fairley specifically? I behave quite idiotically towards a young lady I fell in love with in a publisher's office. Lucy. Miles, please. Am I being unforgivably offensive? It's just I'm well. I don't quite know what to say. Then say nothing. Take a look at this canvas. Why, it's been painting me in my bathing costume. Every morning I've watched you and Anna on the beach. Not too bad, isn't it? It's very flattering, really. Lucy, darling, it would take a thousand Renoirs. Oh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have kissed me. Yes, that was unforgivable, wasn't it? I shall not go away, even if you send me. And I shall see you again, even though you forbid it. I'm sure I have no control over where you go or what you do. Then you won't forbid it. Miles, please. If you do want to see me, go away now. Yes, Lucy. If you want it, my darling. No wonder you wanted to plant a rose garden here. Daniel! Perfect spot to be kissed in. You've been spying on me again. No, merely happened to be haunting the vicinity. Why did you let him? I didn't. He took me by surprise. Now, when a woman is kissed, it's because she wished to be kissed. That's nothing but masculine conceit. Well, now what happens? Miles Fairley is staying at the inn in the village as well you know. He'll either remain there or go away. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I think it matters more than you'll admit. Well, then why bother to ask me? You seem to know my mind better than I do. It's brilliant in his hair. Most men do. You can find an excuse for anything. Only because you're attacking him. I know. It's a normal human response. Actual oh, human reaction. I wish you wouldn't be so superior. Just because you're not alive. And he is very much so. It's no crime to be alive. No, my dear. No. Only sometimes it's a great inconvenience. The living can be hurt. I don't intend to be hurt. But if I'm going to go about in this world, as you said, well, it will mean taking risks. And true happiness is worth almost any risk. Well, watch your sounding. I will, Daniel. I only You're wish... all alone in the garden, Mum. Oh, I have some tea, Martha. That's odd. Now, I swear I heard you talking. Is Uncle Nelly still about? No, he's gone. Mum, it's none of my business, but what's he up to? I rather think he's going to ask me to marry him. And you'd be willing to? I might. Why shouldn't I? Because he ain't good enough for you, that's why not. He's the kind of a naughty woman would associate with Martha. Well, I've got a right to my feelings, Mum. I've got a feeling about that man. 
I'm sorry. It's, it's just that I've been so worried about you lately, Mom. Don't worry, Martha. I know he isn't perfect, but he's real. Yeah. I thought I was impervious to emotion, but I'm not. I need companionship and laughter and all the things a woman needs. I hope he could give them to you. I'll go fetch Anna. Excuse me. Well, Daniel, haven't you anything to say? <sighs> In the moonlight, Lucy and a warm summer night. I could stay here forever. My darling. Like this before, Miles. How do you feel? I don't know. Like looking down from high up, all dizzy. And I'm sure you won't fall. I'll hold it is you. Is it right? It, it can't be to feel like this. It is right, because you are happy. I should go back to the house. It's Anna's bedtime. Just this one night! Can't you pretend you forgot? Miles, what's wrong, darling? I'm jealous of a little girl. She's my daughter. I can't forget her. When you're with me, I want you to forget everyone else in the whole world. You're a magician. You make it seem all wrong to consider my duty and only right that I put my arms around you. To be kissed. To be loved. Lucia. Lucia, can you hear me? I thought you'd flung a woman with sins, but you're like all the rest of them. wake up! I'm talking to you! No. No, sleep on, Lucia, sleep. Sleep. I should have known. Fjords in the midnight sun, where the blue water rushes into green, the 
Falklands will suddenly get you whips the whole sea white as snow. What we both have missed, you. What we both have missed. Goodbye. Coming of Miles Fairley into the life of Lucy Muir has marked the passing of the ghost of Captain Gray. But Lucy scarcely noticed his disappearance in her love for her handsome suitor and the excitement over the success of the book called Blood and Swamp. Imagine it, Martha, a check for 200 pounds from Mr. Sproul. Another 200 pounds for that awful book I wrote. Such language, and Mr. Sproul wants me to go to London immediately. Some more papers to sign. Off to town you go, ma'am. Don't you worry about Helena. Me? But can't possibly go to London. Mr. Fairley is coming. We're having a picnic. You mean he is? I heard you, Martha. Please remember that I'm going to marry him. Yes, ma'am. By the way, I've been thinking. We might put that portrait of Captain Craig up in the attic. What? Don't you like it anymore? It was so silly of me to hang it there in my bedroom. I don't know what possessed me. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I almost forgot. Here, a boy brought this note for you from the village. From the bank, is it, ma'am? No. It's from Mr. Fairley. How dreadful. He's been called up to London for a few days. But it's not dreadful at all. I'll go to London too. I'll see Mr. Sproul as he wishes. And I'll see Miles. I'll surprise him, Martha. Quickly now, fetch Anna. I'm going to say goodbye to her. Yes, ma'am. See Mr. Fairman, please. I'm Mrs. Moon. Thank you, ma'am. If you're waiting here, please. Who is that, Hilda? Mrs. Muir, ma'am. Perhaps I can help you. Mrs. Muir, did I hear you say you wanted to see my husband? Husband? I see. If you don't mind waiting, you'll be back soon. Won't you sit no. down? I'd better go. I'm afraid I made a mistake. Mistake, Mrs. Muir? Yes. I'm very sorry. I think I understand. My dear, I'm sorry too. Truly I am. You see, it isn't the first time something like this has happened.
Martin, do you know what day it is? Wash day. Yes, but it was exactly a year ago that we came here. You remember that afternoon I went upstairs and I lay down before tea? You're hinting for a cup of tea, Mum. No, Martin. I'm thinking of the dream I had that afternoon a year ago. Such a strange dream. Oh, well. Anna will be coming home from school Maybe soon. take enough for a walk along the beach? Of course. I wouldn't miss it for the world. My little girl, she's all my life now. And most of mine too. Soon there'll be no more walks. All too soon. She's growing up. School, then a university. Young men. Marriage. Oh, Martha. It will be on us before we know it. Before we know it. Dear Mother, it's so strange here at the University. So utterly different than Whitecliffe. But I love it, darling. If only I didn't miss you and Martha so much. I can't believe. It's, it's incredible, Martha. I just don't believe it. Anna will be 18 on Friday. Well, come on, we'll walk to the village. We must get the package off to her today. And I'll be home on Saturday, Mother. Don't worry. I haven't been thrown out at the university. Just a wonderful opportunity to motor down to see you. And maybe, darling, maybe to surprise you too. You see, there's a young man. Oh, darling. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Did you get my letter, Mother? Yes, dear. But I don't understand. I wish you'd be more specific in your letters. Well, now am I being specific? Here she is, my mother. How do you do? How do you do? His real name is Sir Evelyn Anthony Scathe and we're thinking of getting engaged. Um? Believe me, Mrs. Mule, I haven't even asked her yet. We've come for your blessing, mother, and we haven't had tea. You quite take my breath away. Bill, darling, just make yourself at home in there. We'll sing out when we want you. We'll be in the kitchen. Two more for tea, Martha. <gasps> oh, Anna, Anna, she's home. She's really home. And you'll find a strange man in the living room, I gather. His name is Sir Evelyn Skate, and Anna wants to marry him. I met him at a dance, Mother. He's a sub-lieutenant in the Navy. You know my weakness for seamen. And I've never been so happy in all my life. Then I'm happy too, Don. And I won't waste time now with questions. I can't make tea with such distractions going on. Now, out in the garden, now, if you want to talk, both of you. Mother, I've discussed it all with Bill. Of course, we won't get married till I'm out of the university. But you ought to come and live with us when we do. You and Martha. No, darling, no. But you must. You've been alone so much of your life. You're sweet, Anna, and I'm proud of you. But I love this house. I've been very happy here, and I shall live here until I die. With Captain Bragg? What did you say? 
with the ghost of Captain Greg. Anna, what are you talking about? I knew the captain very well when I was a little girl. First year we lived here. Used to have the most wonderful talks. You didn't. It was all a game I'd made up, of course. Sort of a dream game. He was like a best friend to me. It was very real while it lasted. And then he stopped coming suddenly. I suppose I was growing too old and sophisticated for him. I remember for how long and how terribly I grieved. You and Martha never knew, but I used to cry myself to sleep wishing he would come back. Mother? Darling, you look as if you'd seen a ghost. Don't tell me you saw him no, too. No, Anna. Not for you. Mother, you don't suppose he really haunted here? No, darling. Things like that can't happen. It was only a dream. The same dream for the both of us? Perhaps. I set you off by telling you about my dreams. Little girls are very impressionable. I don't remember your telling me. But, tell me now. I'd love to hear about them. But I can't remember them very well. Just bits and pieces of phrase here and there. A look. I think I dreamed most of that book I wrote. I must have. I never could have thought of it. All these years I've tried to remember but can't. Do you want to know what I think? I think you fell in love with him too. I did nothing of the sort. I can't blame you. If you had. When did you stop seeing him? After about a year. I dreamt we quarreled. I was, it was about a man. Uncle Neddy. Anna. You knew that. Miles Fairley and I... And I used to pray you wouldn't marry him. And you were so right. I saw him five years ago at a dinner party, bald and fat and drinking too much, and he cried. It seems his wife finally had enough of him left him. And to think I wanted to spend the rest of my Mother, life with him. What if he did exist, Captain Greg? Perhaps he did come back and talk to us. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he had? Then you'd have something, you know what I mean, to look back on, in happiness. No, darling. We just made him up, you and I. He never existed. I just wasn't intended to have that kind of happiness. And I haven't missed it. Really, I haven't. Oh, I've been lonely at times. But there have been compensations. You and now Bill and dear Martha in this house to see girls at memories. And had those. You know, even if it was a dream. Now, come along. We'll join your young man for tea. If she thinks it was a dream, I cannot blame her. It was all my own doing. I told her it was a dream. How long the goal has disappeared. Even Anna is older now than Lucia was when she first stepped into this house. And long since married, children of her own, children, and Lucia. White and withered and full of years. Blast it all. When I decided to be noble, I never thought she'd live to be 80. Oh, Lucia. You come in here 
What are you doing out on that balcony? Don't you know what the night air does to you? What were you doing out there? I don't know. What difference does it make? I hope you remember what the doctor told you. That I'm an old woman. Well, so is he. There was a letter this afternoon from Anna. Little Lucy is engaged. Little Lucy? To the captain of a transatlantic airplane. Anna is very happy about it. Says it must run in the family. Aeroplanes? I suppose she means captains. Here, you drink your hot milk. I'm too tired. And I have a funny pain in my arm. No wonder. Standing out there in that fog. Sit down now and drink it while it's hot. I don't want any hot milk. Now, now, don't get into a state. I'm not in a state. I just want to be left alone. You'll see me around all the time. Well, I'll leave it on the table. Take it or not, I don't care. Bossing me. I'm tired. Milk. It's alright. I'll drink it. Martha. Martha. I feel so. tired again. Oh, oh, look at you, radiant, like the day you came here. Come, Lucia. As the clock strikes midnight and the ghost of Mrs. Muir fades into the ether with Captain Greg, I hope you leave here with a renewed sense of the power of love. The story of Captain Daniel Greg and Mrs. Muir may have come to an end, but the love they shared will live on forever. Remember that love knows no bounds and can survive even beyond the grave. Zarya Hollow is a place of magic and wonder, where ghosts, love, and memory all come together. By the way, I never caught your name. Martha. Martha Muir. My grandmother was Little Lucy. Well then, good night. Pleasant dream. Well played, Captain. 
Valentine's Day special draws to a close. It's time for us, the ghostly inhabitants of Zarya Hollow, to bid farewell to our visitors. We've enjoyed watching as Lucy Muir, played by the talented Suzanne Palmfield, navigated the trials and tribulations of love, loss, and life with the help of her spectral companion, Captain Greg, played by the versatile Alexiel de Ravenswood. James Hogirl brought excitement and energy to the role of Miles Fairley while Charles Early's portrayal of Mr. Coombs added a touch of humor to the proceedings. And let's not forget the other talented members of our company who lent their voices to the rich tapestry of sound that made this episode truly unforgettable. As we return to our ghostly existence within the walls of Zarya Hollow, we bid you good night. Until next time, farewell. Happy Valentine's Day.